God is good. Use what he gives you. Amen. Be open to what's going on and what he's doing in your life. I wanted to to share just a little bit as we begin this next part of Next Step Faith. This this particular version, the third part of this four-part series is resisting the enemy. And uh, it, it, it's... It, it, I've just been through some things this week, and, and I've talked to a few people this week, and, and I even had one say, you know, it's so hard. I feel like I'm under attack all the time. And I said, you know, that's a good, that's a good place to be because that means you're alive. <laughs> because if you don't feel like the enemy's after you, you're one, you probably you might not be doing anything, but two, you might be dead. And so, so we have to not just understand that, that he is attacking, not under, just understand that he's out there, but, but realize that we have a place to, we have a part and a place to play in this. And, and it, it's important. Uh, we, we like to say that, that, that I have the victory. Well, that's true. But you have to continue to fight for the victory. In your life, in this earth, you have to continue to fight for the abundance that God has given you. In this earth, right now where you are, you have to continue to stand for healing in your body. Continue to stand for your children in your situation. That you have to know the word. You have to understand the word because that is your weapon. That is what we use. We have a shield. We have a helmet. We have a breastplate of righteousness. Those are all listed and given to us in Ephesians chapter 6. But the one that takes the head off the enemy, the offensive weapon in our armor is the sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. So we need to be on guard all the time because the enemy is out seeking whom he may devour. And we're going to go through that scripture in just a minute. But I wanted just to, to encourage you. You will be fighting the enemy until the end. That's encouragement. That's good. That's a good thing. I, you, you must rise up and become just a tenacious fighter if you're not already. And most of you are. Most of you could just start naming off the places where you've been victorious and where you've seen God come through and where you've seen things happen in your life. You could also list for me probably a whole bunch of areas in your life where you're still, you're still fighting and you're still standing and you're still trusting God to see the word and to see his, his word fulfilled and maybe his promise in your life fulfilled. You're fighting from a position of victory. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that, that Christ has given us his victory. So you are fighting from that position. It's not a fair fight. See, when you're fighting from the position of victory, you are already the winner. All you have to do is keep fighting. Right. That you'll see the things that God has promised, the things that are in his word, the things that he has told you, the things that he has spoken to you, the things you've been standing on. You'll see his will performed and perfected in your life if you continue to stand. But if we, if we fail to continue to stand, if we step back in a way, then we're going to open up the, the door for the enemy and we begin to fight then from an abdicated position of victory. See, we have a position of victory when we stand on the word and we stand firm in who he's called us to be as we're clothed in the armor of God. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, and this isn't in your notes, but it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Don't put it on so you clink and clank as you walk through this earth. Don't put it on because it makes you look thinner. Don't put it on because it, 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 it's something that we just all do all the time. He told us to put these things on to understand righteousness, to understand salvation, to understand peace, to understand faith he told us to put these things on so that we can withstand the wiles of the enemy 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not your aunt. It's not your uncle. It's not your sister. It's not your boss. You're not fighting against people. It says we're fighting against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. But it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, you will continue to stand. That's what I shared with this person who said, man, I've just been under attack and I don't like it. and It's not any fun anymore. I just want to quit. I said, well, then you're never going to see anything and your life's going to be miserable for a long time. Lose my number, <laughs> you know, kind of a lot, kind of, kind of, you know, not really, but you know, I mean, it's, it's that kind of like, wow, for real, man, we've been through this. Let me just reassure you of the truth. Let me just tell you who you are again in Christ. Let me just kickstart your little motor a little bit. Now you tell me who you are in Christ. Now you repeat to me who, you know, as you begin to, you begin to encourage and you begin to edify and then the motor begins to run again. But it, you don't really have it better off before you were saved. That's a lie of the enemy. So if the enemy is telling you that today, that's not true. You know, I didn't have, this was another, there was another, another word that came out. I, I had it better before I was saved. No, you didn't, because you were going to go to hell. I mean, if you want to be straightforward, no, you didn't, because if you died, you would have gone to hell. And that is not better than what you received at salvation. Even though you're fighting a fight right now, and it may seem like you're going through hell, don't stop. That's not your final destination. So you have something to rejoice in in your life. <laughs> and, it, I mean, when you look back at your what you were before you were saved, there are those moments that make you think, oh, that was easy. I mean, when you look at your life as a whole, no, it was definitely not. It was not something that was bringing you anywhere close to peace or joy or any of those things. Now, in the middle of this, though, the key is knowing what you believe. You know, if true faith is believing, then you really have to know what you believe. Because if you don't know what you believe, the devil's going to tell you what you believe. Mm-hmm. He's going to, you know, he's not going to miss an opportunity to tell you what truth is, in his opinion. But if you know what truth is, then you're able to stand on it. So you have to know what you believe. And there are scriptures and promises and and fulfillment in the word that tells you. I just had to. I couldn't take more. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. That tells you, it's like a, feel like a monkey. That tells you, he's picking things. I off didn't me. need it. I just dropped <laughs> it on the floor. Sorry. Okay, that tells you what what the truth is. I mean, the victory that he was talking about, the, that we fight from, that stance that we fight from, that's in his word. Mm-hmm. Those victories are there, and when you know what you believe, then it's easier to stand. Now, your maturity with him, your uh, existence in the kingdom of God is determined by what you believe. So when these revelation truths come out of the word at you, then it's your job to stand on them. And as you read and spend time with them, those truths will begin to be a part of who you are instead of just words on a page mm-hmm. when we spend time with them. Um, now, the definition of believe is to trust in, have faith in, to be fully convinced of, a personal trust that produces obedience. This is where you put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And it comes down to a point where you have to determine and then you have to act like it. You determine that it's true and then you act on it. Because when you, when you are uh, convinced of what you believe, then it's easy mm-hmm. to stand. And you have to believe. I mean, this is like the, the faith that says, you know, when you speak to the mountain and say, 
be removed to be cast in the sea and you don't doubt in your heart, then it will happen. And if you're speaking to mountains, so to speak, in your life, then you will see things move. You are doing something. Because we want to help God. We want to uh, make it happen. We want to be the one that, that has the idea that works. And a lot of times those are just getting in the way because it's our, our self. But when we speak to the mountain in prayer, when we go to God and we speak what we believe, then we're doing something. We can't, in the flesh, a lot of times do anything, and we feel helpless and hopeless. And, but when we speak, it brings that hope back. And it gives us something for our faith to attach to. But we have to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. It says that we war according to the spirit, but not according to the flesh. And our our words are to bring down strongholds in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be tenacious about our faith. We have to be the one. We have to live by faith Mm -hmm. if we want to please God. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So all the things that he has for to do are all hinged on faith. Yeah, you know, she had said that your existence in the kingdom and your maturity in him are determined by what you believe. In Mark in chapter 9, it's the story of, of the man who had a, a, a young son who was, who was possessed and was throwing him in the fire. And, and there, there were problems and there were issues. And the disciples tried to help and they, and they couldn't. But Jesus came on the scene. And the idea is that you come to Christ really truly in the beginning just understanding that, that he died for you and that he loved you that he gave his life for you. We don't necessarily come to Christ with a whole list of things that we already believe. We don't come to Christ with a whole bunch of ideas that we already know are true. We come to Christ with this idea that says, I need you in my life. I am going nowhere, that my life is nothing without you. I know you're the son of God, that you died on the cross for me. John three sixteen is true, that if I believe on your name, if I believe in who you are, I, I will have that everlasting life. You will come and you will begin to live on the inside of me. You will change me. And then from that point on, what you believe is up to you. That's the basis and that's the beginning of faith for all of us because it takes that little bit of faith to get us to that place where we believe that that's true. And now from there, we grow in faith or we grow in what we believe. And so there's a process as it goes. And and the word that, that God gave me that goes along with this was this particular process because he, he told him all about what was happening and Jesus, you know, because he came and said, what's going on? And he told him what was happening. And, and, and the young man said, or the, the gentleman said to Jesus, but if you can help us or do anything, please, please have compassion on us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And so the young man said, help me in my unbelief. Well, that's why we're here That's why we come to church. That's why we get in the word. That's why we listen to tapes or CDs and and DVDs and teachings. and, And that's why we're reading books and doing things. Why? So we can learn what we believe. Now, it doesn't matter if you're not sure, find out. (laughs) That's what I've always taught in overcoming faith is it doesn't matter if you're not sure what you believe, but find out what you believe. There are lots of instances and places where I am not sure at that moment what I'm supposed to believe what I'm supposed to say, what I'm supposed to speak, how I'm supposed to act. But you better believe that I hit my knees and I say, okay, God, you got to show me. you got to show me in your word. you got to give me a scripture. you got to speak to me by your spirit. you got to give me something to stand on. 
when she came and, and when we had it, when we found out that she was pregnant with Rachel, and and the doctor told us that that, that she she had precancer cells on her cervix and that that there were going to be some serious issues, and and we we prayed all the way through that, and then we had Rachel, and and it had turned from from precancer to real cancer, and that she had a, she had cervical cancer, and that, that we needed to do some serious some serious stuff. The doctor gave us all this information. We were young, and we didn't know what to do, and we had this baby that was just a, a week old or a few days old, and we finally, and you've heard this story a few of you many times, I told her, I, I've got to know. I mean, I've got to know where you are, and I've got to know what you, what you hear from God. We have to know what we believe. And so literally, we went to the park, and we sat down, and we talked and prayed. I mean, we've got to know. We have to know where we stand. And really, truly, she began to share her heart and tell me what she felt like God was speaking to her and what he was asking her or showing her to do. And so I said, well, that's, now we have a place to begin. When you know what you believe, then you, can, then you know what you're going to be speaking, how you're going to be acting, the direction you're going to be going. And now when the enemy comes against you, you're not double-minded. You, you have a truth. You have a foundation. You have something on the inside of you. Sometimes we're like this guy. Help me in my unbelief. People were telling us all kinds of things. They were saying, believe this, stand for this, go have the surgery, don't have the surgery. I know somebody who had that. They were healed by Jesus. They, they ate camels, whatever, and they were fine. And I mean, every, you know, I mean, everybody had all these things. And rub your hair this way every day and shake your foot, and then in 13 weeks you'll be healed. And I mean, everybody had a thing. But, but we, had to, we had to know what our thing was. We know that the word of God says that we are healed by his stripes. And we believe that, confess that, and that's what we stood on. But then the direction and how we were going to walk that out in this earth, we needed to have a real truth from God to tell us that. But once we had it, then we just went forward with it. And really, truly, never look back. Because that's what God said. And so that's what we did. Fear, doubt, and unbelief begin to come in. The enemy will begin to torment you and he'll begin to speak to you and he'll begin to show you things. You'll begin to see things with your natural eyes, not by faith. And then you have to know, no, this is what God said. That's why we started off really in the beginning by saying, you got to get to you know, Habakkuk chapter two and write the vision, write the things down that God's telling you. Make sure, I mean, you know what God promised you because when the enemy comes, you're going to be able to go back to that and say, no, this is what he said. Because you're going to be resisting the enemy. He's going to be fighting you every step of the way. You have one victory. That doesn't mean that he's not going to come against you in that area. You're, you're going to have a place where, you, where you've stood and where you've seen God come through. Well, he's, he's going to be coming after the other side the next day. And he continues to do that. But we have to continue and we have to move forward. You have to continue. You're planting seeds toward the victory. And you have to know that truth. You have to know what you believe what God's speaking to you and what he's showing you for this moment. And what he's showing you to do in that particular instance may be different than what he showed your brother-in-law or your sister or your uncle or somebody else. Now, it's not going to be two different things out of the word of God because the word of God doesn't contradict itself. But he may be telling you to, to, to move out in a direction that they didn't move out in. But if he spoke that to you, if he showed that to you, if he shared that with you, stand on it because that's victory for you. That's the direction and that's the path of victory in your life. Yeah, each one of us has, I mean, each situation that you're in has a different set of wisdom. I mean, God has mm -hmm. wisdom for each situation, and it could be very different from someone else. It could be a totally different way. And, and the idea is that if we keep ourselves open, then God can speak the wisdom for us and the wisdom for that time and the, and the wisdom for that place. And then once we get that wisdom, then we begin to speak it. Then we begin to say, okay, 
I believe that God said this and I'm going to do this and God is going to take care mm-hmm. of it. Then we can begin to speak truth because we know what we believe. Because once we believe, then we begin to speak truth. Mm-hmm. And it says in Second uh, Corinthians 4.13, it says, I believe, therefore I speak. Mm-hmm. The thing that you believe in your heart, you begin to speak that out of your mouth. And when you speak it out of your mouth, there's power in your words. There's power in what you say. And then as you begin to speak it, then you're going to begin to walk it. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then, then you're really putting your faith into motion. Once you say it out loud, it's like, oh, I said it out loud. Now I'm kind of accountable, especially if you say it out loud instead of other, in front of other people. And then once you say that, then your actions start to line up. But yeah. it starts with a thought. It goes to a word, and then it goes to an action. Because then once you start walking in that direction, then you're actually putting motion to your faith. Then you're standing on your faith. And then as you stand on your faith, you have to make sure that you're focusing on what God said. What started the whole thing to begin with. What God said. You have to move in that, it, just in that direction. You can't look to the right or to the left. You can't focus on the things that are temporary. We said that last week you have to live uh, focusing on the eternal. Because it, it's only eternal truths that bring fruit. Mm-hmm. Because when you have right. fruit then you gain confidence in who God is. And then you can stand against whatever he, you know, whatever he brings your way. Then you'll, you'll have the tools to stand and speak and walk and do what he's given you to do. Yeah, you know, and in that moment, you know, it's, it's, we knew what God was speaking to us and what he was saying, but that didn't make it easy in the flesh to do it. <laughs> Uh, it was still, you know, one of the hardest days and one of the most difficult days of my life. And Pastor Pam continues to say that that was one of the, the probably the difficult, the most difficult day of her life was having to put her on an elevator and hold that baby and me in a, in a heap and, and <laughs> tell her goodbye and then to, to get it together for the rest of that day as she went through that surgery and the procedure and all the things that had to be done. It was a walk. I mean, it was a fight. She well, anyway, there were some issues, and there were some medical things, and there, there was stuff that we had to continue. She had to continue to walk out physically in her body as she progressed through that treatment and the things that they had for her. But God was gracious. God was good. We didn't change our confession. He was faithful until the yes. end, and we saw the victory. Until it was complete, even to the point now where her doctor doesn't even remember anymore that she had, that she had a hysterectomy and everything else. Oh, is it, can I say that? Okay. Let's, let's not tell how it goes. Oh, well, no, I'm not going to do that. No, it's, it's just, anyway. But it's not even, a, you know, for a while there, they want, they want to check on you every so often, and then now he doesn't even remember that she was even a problem. It's like, why don't you have more kids? Well, hey, you were, you were there. I mean, and it's, so, I mean, he, you know, he's just like, oh, you know, oh, so yeah, she's, com- she's completely healed, and we, we've never really truly ever looked back. No. Never gone back. Uh, never asked why. Uh, none of those things because there's no life in in all of that there's no life in trying to figure out why or anything else now in our life we have to resist the enemy we've talked about that that's what this part is about in james 4 7 it says that if you resist the enemy he has to flee and that's not necessarily the way that it goes because there's a little portion before that but that's the way we like to say it we like to say that if we stand and resist the devil that he will have to flee well james 4 7 says so And we say if we get emphatic and we even get louder and we say it more and more and we resist him harder and harder and stronger and stronger in the faith and we wave our Bible and we tell our friends and we get into agreement that he will flee. Mm -hmm. 
but it still doesn't say that. If you go and look in James 4, 7, it's the first few words there that really make the difference. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. In our life, we like to play God at certain times. We like to have the power that God has given us because of his son dying on the cross and the Holy Spirit being alive on the inside of us. We like to to act in that power, yet not necessarily live the right way. And those two things don't work. It's like Superman trying to be Superman when he's dressed in kryptonite. It won't work. For some reason, I like Superman and kryptonite. I don't know why, but that's just the way that it goes. But it says, if you submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. And it's in that submitting part. Submitting means to be yielded to, to surrender to, to commit yourself. It says to commit yourself to the decision of another. And that's where we sometimes like to hold the line. To commit yourself to the decision of the other. When God says go this direction, when God says do this, you, you say, I, 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 I don't like that. But you know what? It doesn't matter what I think. I'll do it anyway. When God says move this direction, you're like, oh, that hurts when I do that. And I'm going to do it anyway, though. Because I'm surrendered, and I want to be in that position, and I want to be in that place where I stand on his foundation and his word, so that when I do say, I resist the enemy, and I begin to bind and loose, as it says that we can in the word, then I am in the right position to operate in that power. Does that make sense? You have to put yourself in that position if you're going to operate in that power. Yet too many times believers try to operate in that power out of position. And we said in the beginning, you are in a position of victory and you're in a position of his power and his authority and his dominion if you're submitted to God, if you're following his word and his will for your life. Then when you begin to do this, it begins to happen. You begin to see these things happen. Too many believers are giving away too much of their stuff. God didn't tell them to give away any of their stuff. He just told them to do something for him. And instead of doing something for him, they thought they would, they would pay for it through sacrifice. See, we think we can sacrifice our way out instead of obedience our way out. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 15 that obedience is better than sacrifice. That we can't, we can't buy our way out with our actions or our money or our gifts or anything else because if God said to do A and we're trying to buy our way around to B, we're never going to see what God had for us. We'll never see the victory that he had for us because it only comes being in that position of power and authority and dominion and moving in what God has for us to move in. That's where you have power to submit or to resist the enemy. And you'll be frustrated and disappointed in that place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll just be like, for real, God, why is this not working? And it's because you're in yourself and not in what he has mm-hmm. for you. Um, but the word won't fail. No. You have authority. You have dominion. The enemy is defeated. There's nothing that is above the name of Jesus. It says that he sat down. That means he's done. But it says that because he, because Jesus went through this life, submitted to him and doing his will, then he was going to exalt his name above every name in heaven and earth. Every name in heaven and earth. If it has a name, it's under the name of Jesus. And, you know, you have to stand guard over your mind. When, uh, you know, I've been healed of cancer, right? So, yay, praise God. Saturday, John is shooting my ears out. Hey, you got to tell the story? And, and I don't like to do that. He you hates, made me do he that. He hates to do it. But anyway, he's shooting my ears out because there's With wax With a syringe because she's got wax and in her ears. And we got a new syringe, and it's way more powerful. And, and it really, really... You're like, going to make he, me sound he, really mean. No. 
It's my fault. I asked you to do it. All right. There okay. You I'm taking full authority. I'm, it's my bad. Okay. So anyway, and so he does this, and I hear this in my ear. It's like, oh, and I jump up out of the chair, and I'm running, and I'm like, oh, oh, you know, because that's what I do when I get hurt. I run. And then <laughs> when, I get as, when I get as far away as Just I can, like that. when I get as far away as I can, I tend to lay down. And so uh-huh. I'm laying down on the couch, and I've got a towel, and I'm like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Exactly. You know, I've been healed of cancer. You would think that something in my ear, I'd be like, well, that's no big thing. I'm still like, Jesus, Jesus. And so I'm laying down on the couch, and my ear's bleeding. I'm like, my ears never bleed. Yeah, I get a little sad when I hurt something of me. It makes me very sad. I mean, more than the hurt, it makes me sad. I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, really? Uh-huh. Like, a morning kind of sad. Like, yes. I hurt a part of her died really. that day. <laughs> yeah. Strange. But, and so I'm just, I'm laying there, and, and the devil's like, you can't hear. You're never going to be able to hear again. You know, and I'm like, no. <laughs> no, you said that. And at one point I said to you, don't say that. I said, I think you perforated my, I think you ripped my eardrum. And he's like, is that oh. what you believe? I'm like, no, I repent. I'm sorry. Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm laying there, and I'm like, no weapon formed against me. And I am just quoting scripture left and I'm right. I'm putting on my shoes and clothes because I know I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> he knows Once I say, oh, my gosh, my ear is bleeding. And he's like, all right. So he finishes up the dishes, puts his shoes on. Because <laughs> I'm going. It's like, Saturday night at 1030. I just got done working on the message. But, and this was our go to bed. We're going to shoot yeah. each other's ears out. There's a lot of fun at the Skeleton <laughs> House. So come on over. Fun time we'll party at the sometime. House on Saturday it's a night. Different party than it used to be. Party never stops. Woo! I, so, anyway. Kids are out of the house. Let's shoot each other's ears out. <laughs> you know, whatever. It happens. So, anyway, in the middle of it, like, there's like a war, and you have to maintain yeah. the victory. In your heart and in your mind. Like, I couldn't freak out because I wanted to freak out because I thought I bust my eardrum. And I was like, this is so sad. And then I get to the, and I can't hear. And I get to the ER uh-huh. and they're like, you're perforated your eardrum. I'm like, oh. <sighs> so I go home. <laughs> and then, you know, I go through church. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. It's not, you know, it's no big deal. And then, um. But still, you have to maintain the victory. Like, any time the thought would come that you're never going to hear again, it was like, nope, that is not a truth. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. You know, and I had, I had to mm. maintain the victory in my heart and in my mind, not just in my heart. Like, I knew, I knew God could heal me because, you know, I've been healed of cancer. Duh, God's a healing God. He can do this. But in this instance, I'm just saying, mm. just because you know victory doesn't mean you don't have to exercise it every time the opportunity comes. Mm-hmm. You have to be the one that says, nope, that's not for me. I'm not going to receive that because I like my hearing and it's going to come back. And <laughs> because I teach seventh grade and they say stuff about me when I can't hear. So that's not the only reason. But anyway. <laughs> But it's, it was the word that brought me peace. Anytime I wanted to freak out, it was the word that brought me peace. When I would say, you know, what the word says about me, 
that he is the healer. Mm -hmm. And so I had to maintain that. And then I go to the doctor on Tuesday, the real ear doctor, and he goes, you didn't perforate your eardrum. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the way it went. She went from being from being Eeyore to Tigger like that. With one one fell swoop of the guy saying, you are fine, and your eardrum is not perforated, and she can hear. You could hear it on the phone when she called. There's a totally different Elizabeth on the other end of the line. I wasn't the, sad yes, anymore. Yes, I am victorious, and I can hear. Woo. So anyway, he got it all cleaned out. He's like, do I need to check your hearing? Nope, sir, I'm done. Thank you very much. And I walked out of there all healed. Healed. Right? Healed. That's Woo, right. praise Jesus. I, but they told me on Sunday it was perforated. They told me on Tuesday it was all okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jesus. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I, believe it's a, I believe it's a miracle. I believe yeah, you were healed. Yeah, because they said it was perforated. Mm-hmm. I was sad. But... <laughs> but you can't. We didn't. We didn't go there. No, I didn't. You can't. You can't. That it was let going to be okay. Go She's going to be all right. That God is a healer. That you're going to be taken care of. That you're not going to lose your hearing. That you're not going to. And uh, all of those thoughts and things, just like she said, continued to come against yeah. her it, all time. Like when you can't hear, there's all you hear is what's in your head. So <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a battle. Um, but really. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's true. I'm just being honest. I, I know. That's all I know how to do mm-hmm. now. <laughs> but <laughs> Next week I'll be doing this by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but if you capture your thought life, you can capture and change your yes. life. Yes, for sure. And so, but it's you that does it. Mm-hmm. I can't jump in your head and take your thoughts out. Right. You have to do that. And every time the devil comes and says you, tells you it's going to be one way, you have to tell him it's going to be some way different. Yep. Yeah, and you, ha- you, have, to con- that's exactly, you have to continually speak the truth, speak the word. That's, all, that's the direction that you're going. Nope, this is what God said, period. Right. When your kids act a certain way and they don't necessarily maybe <laughs> live their life according to the way that you had taught them and raised them, you have to continue to stand, right. even in the face of it. Right. And I know this not because it's just something that we do, but because I was on the other end of that. And I'm thankful that I had parents and that, that would not give up what God's word said, would not give up continuing to stand, confess, fight, and, and continue to pray that, that I would end up in the direction and in the place that I was called to be. Because I believe that's important as a parent to continue to stand, continue. As you, if you give up the battle, then what hope is there in that situation? Right. You're still standing the gap for that young person, Amen. no matter what their age is as they grow. You're the one that's standing the, the gap for them as, as they continue to grow. But the thing that we have to realize is we can't give up, we can't give in, we can't stop, we can't. You have to continue to do this. We have to make this a practice in our life. That that is just the way that I am. And, and after a while, and maybe it's not you, of course, but it's somebody that you have dealt with, and they, they have almost, as that person I shared about earlier, broken down your positivity. As they have almost broken down your ability to rev their engine again and continue See, they, you know those kind of folks, and they continue to tell you why it won't work and how it won't work and why they're tired and why they're giving up. Well, what's happened is they've grown weary in well-doing. Most of those situations that I've dealt with and found aren't with people who don't know the truth. 
Most of those situations that I've dealt with are with people who have known and lived the truth, but somewhere along the way got weary in well-doing. It says in Galatians in chapter 6, Sandy, if you can put that up there, it's 7 through 9 are the, are the verses. And if you start uh, in verse 7, it says, God won't be mocked. It says, whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. In the next verse, it talks about if you, if you sow to your flesh, you'll have the flesh reap corruption. But you sow to the Spirit, and you will reap everlasting life. And eventually in there many times, you end up, if you're sowing to the Spirit in your life, if you're living according to the Word of God, if you're following His Word for your life, I am telling you, you won't grow weary. It's, it's in this two verses, in the seven and the eight, that you end up flopping back. We end up in the seven more than we're in the eight. And when you're in the seven, sowing to the flesh more than you are in the Spirit in your life, you begin to grow weary. And you, you, you've talked to people like that, and you can't shake them out of it. I mean, you're trying to tell them the truth, and they're trying to, to half believe you, but they want to tell you all the reasons why what you're telling them is not going to work. And, and it's because you can't change their thoughts. You can't change their will. You can't change what they're saying and thinking and doing. Only they can do that. So somewhere along the way, you begin to bind the enemy. You begin to see so your fight is not with that person. Your fight is with principalities and powers. And it says, if you go to verse 9, it says, if, if you will not, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap. That is not a bad word. That's a good word. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. And you grow weary and you lose heart when you begin to look with your natural eyes. You begin to grow weary and you begin to lose heart when you begin to think with your natural mind. You begin to grow weary and you begin to lose heart when you begin to walk in your own strength and not his, like we talked about last week. But if we will refuse that, like Moses said, I refuse to be called Pharaoh's daughter or Pharaoh's son. The daughter of Pharaoh's son. He said, I, he had that right to do that, but he said, I refuse to be that. That's not who I am. So do we refuse what the enemy tells us or eventually do we fall prey to what he tells us? The battle will go on continually. Even though you've been victorious for most of your life in following the things of God, you will still be badgered by the enemy because his main job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The words that you're speaking, are you're planting them for a harvest. Now think about it. The way you have just today... Did you plant towards a harvest of mm. the spirit or towards a harvest of the flesh? Because it says that, the, that when you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But when you sow to the spirit, you'll reap everlasting life. What are your words saying about what you believe? Because that's where the seeds get planted. And when you plant seeds that, that, that just describe the mountain, even though it might seem like you're, you know, being okay because you're just describing it. It's not like you're saying God's not going to do it. Then you're planting seeds of corruption. Those are seeds of the flesh because it's just, it's just spinning in what they are. But if you speak what the word says and you speak what the truth is about it, then you're speaking seeds or planting seeds that will reap everlasting mm -hmm. life. Your words are powerful. Yeah. And Hebrews 4 says that, uh, and the word of God is powerful. So if you combine your words with God's words, Power. What you speak has power. And if you, if you are speaking God's word, it says that God's word is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. 
that it will do what, what he sent for it to do. And God is faithful to perform its word. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast to our confession of our hope without wavering, for he who, is prom- who has promised is faithful. Mm-hmm. He's faithful. And we can stand on that because we know that, mm-hmm. that, that it's true. It says true yesterday, today, and forever. The word is truth. And so we can stand on that because it's powerful. And we can speak that because it's powerful. And we can, and we can act on that because it's powerful. But we have to believe it. Yeah, the things that come out of your mouth, man, they, they are, they're going to line up on one side or the other. There, there, there is no middle ground. If you were here on, on, on Sunday and saw that video, you know, he said there is, God said to that gentleman who was talking, there is no middle ground. You're either going farther away from me or coming closer toward me. He said, there is, there is no stand. He said, I just want to, let's just take a break and let's just stand still for a while and let's just remain where we are and let's just kind of get through this. And he said, that's the thing. You can't do that. Right. You're either going, you're going with me or you're going toward me or you're going against me and you're going away from me. One or the other. You can't, there's not a middle ground in this. It's the same thing with your words. And, and, and we're, we're good at it because we, we still want to say the negative. We still want to get it out, but we try to do it in a positive way. You know, our negative positives. We, we, try, we try to say it in a real encouraging way, but it's not encouraging. And, and the way you know is by your heart. When you say it, do you feel icky on the inside? You know what I mean? When you, when you begin to say that, there's something on the inside of you say, that's not right. I think yucky's the Greek term. Yucky's the Greek term? Oh, yeah, that's what he said on Sunday, didn't he? It's the Greek term. So what do I, you know, here's the thing. What do I get to say? The truth. You get to speak the truth, and the word of God is truth in psalms 119 verse 160 it says the entirety of your word is truth the entirety of your word is truth in john 8 chapter chapter 8 verse 32 it says that you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free so what should you be speaking the truth speak the word when we used to get when we used to dedicate babies and this book has gone out of print but uh, we used to give away a confession book and, and, and at night when we would pray with, with our children, we would, we would take this book and we would read one of the pages. And, and of course, we're adults, and so we can do so quickly, and we can replace the, the they's with their name. So we made it personal. And little Rachel, she, you know, she, was, a little, she was a little one, and, and she kept looking at that book trying to see. She said, Daddy, does that really say my name? <laughs> Mommy, does that really say my name? I mean, that book is, really has my name in it? See, we begin to make the word personal to her begin to teach her that it's personal what is in here is personal when you read these scriptures make them personable to who or personal to who you are put your name in there put your children's names in there begin to because what you're doing then is you're beginning to sow seeds into the kingdom toward the spirit which reap galatians 7 right 6 8 says everlasting life so you're putting their names well they're not acting like that but that's not what you want right See, that's not what you want. You don't want them to not act like it. You want them to act like it. So you begin to speak what you want them to be like. You begin to speak in your life what you want to see. You begin to speak according to the word of God. You speak the truth. You also, number two, I think, I don't know if these are on your list or not. Are these not on your list? Number one was speak the word but, or speak the truth. The second one is speak the solution. Well, I don't know what the solution is. Ask God. He'll begin to give you a solution. You know what you want to see. You know the outcome that you want. Begin to speak that outcome forth. And as God begins to give you a plan, as he begins to give you a scripture to stand on, as he begins to give you a direction in that, you begin to speak that out. 
When things come up and they look contrary to that, I don't walk by, I don't walk by sight, I walk by faith. And so I put those things down, I rebuke that, and I continue with the truth. Well, you don't know what I face, you don't know what I go through. Well, we all face and we all go through things that are contrary to the word, but we have to be tenacious about this. Right. The enemy is fighting us tooth and nail, and it will only get darker in the world. You can read the word, it says so. There is tribulation, it says, in the world. But it says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. It was Jesus as he was speaking and said, have peace. Well, how can I have peace? My world's in turmoil because Jesus said he gave you peace, so therefore you have peace. But you don't know where I live. Yeah, but it doesn't matter where you live. Well, he doesn't know where I work. It doesn't matter where you work. Everywhere you go, he's with you. And he said he is the prince of peace, and he resides on the inside of you. He said he has put his peace on the inside of you. He's given you his joy so that your joy will be full. So you continue to speak that about you and your situation. Speak the solution, not the answer. Just like he said in Mark. 9 23 through 24 he said help me in my unbelief you may be here and you say i don't know what the solution is well this guy didn't know what the solution was for his child but he said you help me in my unbelief so that i can believe so that i can see it happen and there's a process there you have to come to god and say i need to know what i'm going to believe the last thing is really speak the eternal and it comes out of that, that, that verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, that, that says we, we don't look at the things that are temporary. We don't look at the things that we see with our natural eyes here. We, we look at the things that are eternal, the things that, that are beyond where we are. We look to the truth. We look to what the Word says about our situation. We look to what He has done for us, what He is about to do in our lives, what He is doing in our children's lives. Continue to confess that your children will marry the right people, that they they will have the right friends, that they will end up in the right situations. So you continue to speak those things. Why? Because that's eternal. That is out there. That may be past where your children are today, but there's going to be a day where they get to that place, and you're going to be thankful that for the last 15 years you've said that. Yes, that's right. There's nothing more exciting than hooking up with the right person in your life that God has and knowing as a parent that, man, we stood for years for this person to come. Not only are you excited for your child, but you're excited for you because now this person has come into your life and you've been praying for them for 15 years. Woo! Didn't even know who they were. That's exactly how it went with us. Yes. She was praying. She just didn't know who I was going to marry. <laughs> when you go to your parents and you say, I'm going to get married, you don't want to hear this. Which one? <laughs> that means you're not doing the right things. To who? So, to who? Yeah, that was the question. <laughs> to who? Um, one last thing. When Joan was talking about putting people's names in it, it also helps for, like, us visual learners. If you, like, make a picture in your mind of what, the end looks like or what your child looks like embodying that that character or whatever and when you speak it it helps you to see that's where they're going to go instead of seeing their actions because a lot of times we get focused on the negative things that we're doing and that's all we see but if we can make a mental picture of what they look like done so to speak (laughs) fixed whatever whatever you're believing for or to that next level wherever they're supposed to be, then it becomes easier to speak those things over because we've got something out there to hold on to. I know that's what works for me is to make a mental picture of what that looks like done. And then I can be like, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. You know, (laughs) thanks, God. But uh, 
if you ask God, he'll show you what that is. Or even if you have to write it on a picture that looks like, you know, you take a picture of it and you're like, oh, they look so happy. And you write all those things on the side that, that says, yes, that's who they are. That's really who they are. They didn't just take a picture this way. And then that begins to give you uh, something to attach your faith to, to speak. Yeah, let's stand up together tonight. Let's pray. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.